Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and welcome to my blog, where it's both my mission and my pleasure to highlight my creative journey in hopes of inspiring you, giving you specific takeaway, so that way your creative journey can be at least a little bit easier. Now, before I fully get into things, I would like to take the opportunity to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already. That way you get all the various lessons and episodes that I put out right when I put them out. Thank you if you just did, and thank you if you already were. It truly does mean a lot to me, as I hope it does to you. So let's get into it. This past week, a lot of stuff going on, uh, some of it personal, which I've talked about in last week's episode in terms of dealing with uh, my dog, Chloe. But, um, you know, so I'll kind of touch upon that and provide an update a little bit more towards the end. Um, but just to not like leave you in a, in a suspense, you know, overall things are, things are going well, um, or as well as they can be. Um, but really it was a week of both a lot of creative and a lot of, uh, logistical stuff as far as my upcoming movie is concerned. But the biggest news of all, before I get into any of that, is, uh, my first feature film called Love Market is now officially out. That's right. I've been talking about that film on my blog for a number of years in terms of, you know, dating back to when we first uh, started doing it all the way to then editing it, submitting it to the Com Film Festival, not getting into the Com Film Festival, but winning a bunch of film festivals uh, and so forth. And you know, then the time in which, you know, we got a distributor, but the, you know, um, they were finding a home for it and so forth. So as of now, it is available, Love Market. Um, it is on Amazon at the moment, and it will hit streaming platforms, at least a streaming platform, um, one that I know of should be coming in mid-September. Um, so I'll keep you posted on that, but as of now, you can check it out on Amazon. The link is provided to you down below. So for all the mystery of all the things that I've ever been talking about, if you've been following along in terms of my first feature film or even the methodology going into my second one, you can now really see the end result of all that and, you know, see how it kind of came together and what it was all about and hopefully enjoy it. I think, um, you know, from the people that have seen it, um, they they have enjoyed it. Um, obviously, it has won film festivals and things like that, which is, you know, just a great recognition. Uh, and, yeah, to me, what's great about it is it captures a time of L.A. in this sort of certain innocence pre-COVID, like pretty much like we filmed just before COVID really hit, um, you know, wrapping up in basically December of 2019, so, uh, yeah, you know, it's a, to me, it's a very special movie, and I think it's a little gem of a movie. Um, you know, yes, there are improvements that could be made and things like that, but, you know, the fact that we made it on a $5,000 budget, um, and it looks much, much more than that, um, you know, I think deserves to be recognized, and so go check it out. Um, I think, you know, love market. So that's, that's the big exciting news of the week. Uh, the other thing, you know, I was talk talking about, you know, my upcoming feature film. So, you know, um, you always want to have something like the thing of it is when you finish a project, you know, it can take some time to get it out into the world. And so certainly as you know, if, if you listen to any of the past vlogs, you're aware of that. I have been keeping busy in the ways that I can 
And the biggest one currently is doing a second feature film. So even though, you know, I knew that this one was going to eventually come out, I didn't know exactly when, but I knew that it was going to, you know, I wasn't going to just kind of hang my hat on that and just be like, okay, when's that one come out? And then I'll start the new one. No, like as soon as I'm creatively and logistically done with that one, as I was, um, you know, mid 2020, mid to late 2020, I should actually say, um, you know, I started thinking about the next stuff. And so that's culminated into an upcoming feature film for me, my second one that will be shot in Colombia uh, for the, in the first two weeks of November, really. And so this past week, uh, I went clothes shopping with one of the actors to get some of the wardrobe stuff that we needed to get for this person. And um, that was pretty fun, you know. Um, wardrobe is a fun reflection of the character. And so we went uh, to a mall, a big mall, Century City Mall, and just walked around, you know, various shops and tried to get. Now, it's very interesting, some of the styles that I had wanted, you know, I think partly because of the pandemic, you know, selection is a lot more limited. Um, so we couldn't get as much of the things we wanted to physically. Um, a, either they didn't have the styles that we wanted, or B, you know, ironically, they have a lot of smalls and extra smalls, but nothing like medium or large um, which we were sort of looking for. Um, so we got as many of the things as we could um, on that day. And then, you know, we're going uh, to fill out the rest of it um, at a different store. Um, you know, we found some stuff as we we're, you know, kind of walking around. We also started looking online of, like, where we can get the missing pieces. And, yeah, we'll fill it out, you know, and, and kind of... And that goes for everybody else, you know. Um, there was another person that... You know, we kind of took a step back with the wardrobe and we're like, you know what? What if we started from kind of from scratch? What, you know, like, I know it was kind of heading in this direction, but the um, actor themselves pointed out, like, you know, it doesn't feel quite right. What if we went in this direction and I'll show you some options? Okay, let's do it. And, you know, I saw it and I was like, okay, great. You know, that, that, that works for me. Let's, let's do it. So we're moving forward with that. Um, so, you know, last week... Uh, really, we had individual meetings with all the actors, and that was, again, half creative, um, half logistical in that sense to just allow for that, um, you know, them, you know, attention towards each individual, each actor, um, so that way they can ask the questions, you know, both creative and procedural. And so it was myself and Kenny Harrison on the... Uh, on the Zoom with them, and we went over stuff and, you know, played some clips from the movie, um, went over individual questions and um, protocol of how we see things, and yeah, it was good to get that, um, it's not exactly one-on-one FaceTime, but, you know, relatively in that spirit, you know, um, that one-on-one FaceTime to give that individual attention and um, really see where everyone's head's at, Um, you know, that was good, um, and answer the questions and, um, you know, of course, uh, as you sort of talk with each person, it sparks something else as well. And you bring that into the next conversation and then you kind of roll it all up into, you know, culmination of uh, this thing. You know, uh, one thing in particular that we've been sort of thinking about is, you know, how to approach COVID within this movie. You know, we don't want to shy away from it, but we don't want to make it a COVID movie specifically. And, you know, we had a rehearsal this Wednesday with two of the actors and we did some, you know, there was a particular heavy scene, if you will, that we were going over. And 
for some reason, just based on how one of the actors was asking a question, it just clicked for me, you know, uh, moments later of like, this is the line that I'm talking about. And then it opened up our eyes to, okay, this is how we can also incorporate like, like this, this little bit in itself. And I'm being vague about it. I understand, but that little bit, uh, is what kind of denotes that, you know, COVID's a part of this world without, you know, so the audience will get it, uh, without having to be overly heavy handed. And that informed kind of how we'll go into production. So the idea of, you know, there's going to be certain scenes where they'll have to have a mask because we're in, you know, some sort of indoor public place. And so making a a face mask part of the costuming um, and just letting it be. And again, not necessarily drawing attention to it. It's just part of the the, the world that they exist as far as characters. Um, So it was good, you know, in that sense to have these sort of breakthroughs and, um, the other uh, the other aspect of it being that there's a good excitement towards the film everyone in their own way like it's as i said you know they have their own individual perspectives into things but really it all boils down to uh, there's an excitement level there and seeing the ways in which like what people are excited about is also fun, um, you know, not that one's better than the other, but it, but it's cool, you know, to see cause some of the stuff, you know, wasn't even necessarily on my radar, but when you really kind of consider it, you're like, oh yeah, that is, that is really cool. And yeah, now that you've put it in my mind, I'm, I'm going to think about that and that's awesome. And that elevates this. So yeah, the, the, uh, the tide rises collectively, if you will. Right. I don't think that's the exact quote, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, the other part of it was, uh, you know, so that was the actor slash cast perspective. Um, then we also were doing a big check-in with the production team, you know, and we were originally supposed to have that Thursday, but we pushed it back to Saturday um, just because of timing and things like that. Uh, and that was a good sort of check-in because not everyone from the production team had met each other. And so, you know, just getting names to faces and seeing, you know, where everyone's out there and, and kind of getting to talk it out. That was also a very productive thing. So overall, you know, the, what, what you always want to try to do is just have, you you don't want to have meetings for the sake of just having a meeting. You want there to be a purpose. And certainly with each meeting, uh, on my end, at least there was an agenda and I allowed people to throw in their things as they needed it to, but all the same, you know, you want to have those check-ins uh, at specific periods, you know, this for us was pretty much uh, the two-month marker, right? So we're two months, or at least at the time. Um, now we're just, you know, less than eight weeks, if you will, uh, from going out and filming. And so that was an important check-in for all of us. And, you know, as I said to the actors, really, I want to get them away from the logistical side as much as possible, um, certainly by the end of September, so that way October they can focus on the creative aspects, you know, as much as they can solely, as opposed to worrying about anything logistical. Um, conversely, you know, with us, as far as production, I, you know, kind of the same thing. I want us to handle the logistics as much as we can, you know, the big stuff, and then work, just make adjustments as time goes by. You know, one of the things that's interesting about it, obviously, uh, we live in COVID time, so that naturally affects things day to day. Uh, the other aspect is Colombia is a different country, 
right? Uh, but with that, there's also a different culture in how they do things. So, you know, certainly uh, just approaching that has been an interesting learning curve. Um, you know, it's just it's just different. I'm, you know, it's not like one's better than the other, um, but it's it's uh, you know being able to rely on my friends in Colombia to teach me how things are approached and, you know, that setting the expectations of X, Y, and Z, you know, that's, um, that's kind of the big aspect of it. And, you know, I love learning that. Um, I think that's, that's, that's wonderful. And, you know, we're acclimating, uh, to their system because ultimately we are the guests, you know? So, uh, and then the other aspect really has been, um, the, the, the scheduling of the film. And so Kenny has been, you know, really honing in the schedule uh, as best he can, especially with so many elements changing and things like that. Um, and so I saw a draft of what he had created. And, you know, one of the things as I kind of looked at it, you know, I was like, you know what, I think I have an idea. Um, and part of it is, you know, I, th- uh, I think in having listened to the Team Deacons podcast, one of the one of the things that you learn um, by listening to it, you know the various episodes that are there is that part of it's an individualistic preference, right? And so you know he's doing it from a certain vantage point, and for me, um, there's a certain comfort level um, as far as how to try to film and, 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 and sequences, right? As much as I can, I, I try to get in a groove of what I call sequences, right? So, you know, if, let's say, I'm just making something up, but if characters go out, you know, they, they meet together, then they go out to lunch, and then they have a conversation at lunch, and then they exit and go home, you know, I would, my goal, especially with that, is to try to keep it, at least that, as much as possible uh, together rather than breaking it up. Which, of course, it's a movie, so, um, you know, you can break it up however you want, ultimately, because it's going to get pieced together in editing. But still, as much as possible, for me, it's preferable to try to have some sort of sequencing. And, you know, Kenny uh, looks at it from a different perspective, right? And that's great, because he offers something that I don't. And so, but I think together, you know, using his uh, schedule as a jumping-off point... You know, what I did was kind of go through it and make my own adjustments to it of like, okay, here's what I think um, would work uh, for me a little bit better and things of that nature, right? Um, and again, all, all in all, it's going to be always like an ever-changing thing. But, um, you know, one of the things like he uses Studio Binder and I, I highly love Studio Binder. I just don't have access to it at the moment. And so what I did uh, was put it into a Google uh, spreadsheet. Sometimes it's interesting how, like, um, you know, sometimes having crude tools um, can drive a result. Because one of the things, you know, that I also kind of think is, like, for me, Studio Binder is great, but sometimes it has um, too much information and, (laughs) excuse me, too much information. And so it can, and, and, you know... um, like, it's good in some sense because it color coordinates, you know, day versus night and so forth. But um, but sometimes it makes it, you know, just visually hard to read. At least it does for me. And so, you know, for me, I just wanted to kind of take a step back. And so by putting into something simple as, as a Google spreadsheet, I was able to just make the adjustments 
a lot easier because it, it's like I could have a bird's eye view of the situation rather than be in the nitty gritty. And then, you know, based off of that, um, you know, as I said to Kenny, like, hey, I think I have, you know, an adjusted version um, that I've been toying around with that combines, you know, what you did along with uh, some, of the, some of the things I like to see. And, you know, now you can translate that into the studio binder. Um, but that's just another aspect of it. Like, like, you know, studio binder is a great tool, but it's about on average, like to get the things that, you know, you would really want. It's about 80 bucks a month. And, um, you know, Kenny's got it. So that's fantastic. Um, you know, for, for love market, I paid for studio, a binder for the months that I needed it, which was only like three months. Um, you know, I, I made it very specific, so I wasn't using it unnecessarily. But, um, but you know, you don't need those tools necessarily. Sometimes just, you know, even index cards um, can be the thing to do. Like, it's, it's all doable, um, you know, and, and whatever methodology you use to get the result, as long as you get the result, that's all that really matters, right? I mean, of course, you want to be a little as efficient with it as possible, um, but still, you know, sometimes just, and, and again, even just, that's why, like, I, I, for me, I like to work at the speed of thought. So, like, you know, even pre-Kenny doing his round of, you know, schedule in terms of the, the studio binder, we just kind of laid it out on a piece of paper of, like, okay, you know, what would be the ideal be? Okay, here's, you know, on this day, if we did all this, that would be great. And then, you know, he goes and pieces it together and sees, like, okay... You know, what are the flaws in the initial thinking that um, we had based on just that paper edit and so forth, right? You know, you start to see, as you dive in deeper, you start to see the pitfalls and so forth. But you want to have that constant, like, you're, you know, seeing the details and not overlooking them, but then also taking a step back, then going into the details and so forth, right? So it's it's all a process. That's all it really is. Um but yeah, that's that's really as far as the creative side is concerned. Um, that's that's the long and short of it, if you will. Uh, you know, the last part that I made mention was my dog. Um, you know, big week last week of just getting answers, right? Doing examinations, continuing um, uh, taking care of her with acupuncture, um, and so you know now what it looks like is that. Uh, she has a, a herniated disc, so, you know, figuring out the best protocol for that because, you know, she's 13 years old, so, um, you know, it's not affecting her where she can't, uh, she can't go to the bathroom or can't ultimately walk, um, so in that sense, a surgery would be beneficial, and she, um, you know, that's a higher success rate than um, when a dog can't walk or, you know, urinate and so forth, Right. However, at her age of 13, yes, there is concern of, you know, putting her under um, for surgery. So right now we're just kind of, you know, deciding, um, you know, what the, what the best way is and just slightly being conservative about it of, you know, medications and seeing how she takes to those things and kind of, you know, um, still doing acupuncture, but seeing after two weeks, you know, are there improvements, are there not, you know, and, and kind of taking it from there. So... Yeah, just, you know, doing the best we all can under the circumstances. That's kind of where we're at, you know. And overall, you know, the medication seems to be helping. Certainly she has her down moments. But overall, you know, she still looks happy and 
lively. It's just them, you know, we're sort of on limited walks, you know, making sure she's not straining herself, but at the same time, not a couch potato. So, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. So thank you for uh, for those of you who reached out and asked and so forth, you know. We just take it as, as we can, um, as it comes. And I think that's a good life philosophy. Anyway, thank you for taking the time to tune in. I hope this was helpful. Um, the, oh, the last thing before I, I truly head out, I want to make mention that um, I, you know, I, I announced it last week, but I'm going to be more... I'm going to be involved with the Financially Fit Foundation in a greater capacity. Um, if, you know, I've talked about um, finances and how to be better with finances in past episodes, and I will continue to do so um, because now I'm going to be continuing to be more and more educated on, on it. And the wonderful thing is you can, too, directly through the Financially Fit Foundation. And it's all free. That's the wonderful thing about it. It's a, it's a charity um, their goal is to educate people to have, you know, knowledge of finances and, and be well off. And as the, you know, as the title implies, be financially fit. And so, uh, you know, if you just go to financiallyfitfoundation.org, um, the link is also in the description, you will be able to, you know, see what they're all about, uh, see their various resources like the book um, and their various seminars and so forth that they've got coming up. So it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful resource. Um, that's why I've joined them because I believe in their mission and so forth, right? And want to just continue to spread the word because spreading the word ultimately means it helps people um, learn about, you know, how to manage wealth, how to manage their money and so forth, which is a big, big thing to learn that unfortunately our society doesn't really put an emphasis on and teach. And it's really sad. And so organizations like, like this are truly needed. And that's why I'm grateful to be a part of it. Anyway, that's it. As always, you can ask any questions, whether about any of the stuff that I talked about or you know stuff that I didn't talk about that you're curious about. I will uh, happily try to answer them in the comments section. Or if uh, you know it warrants something larger, then I'll make a lesson out of it, right? That's the beauty. And uh, plus, it's just great to converse with you, you know? Um, I love doing this, but ultimately, I love... The interaction, the camaraderie of it all, if you will. Um, because I think as artists, we all should uplift each other in some sense, right? So thank you. I appreciate you and hope to see you next time.